Welcome to the Successful Women Rock Podcast Show, where we share insights, experiences, and resources that help women be ready to be unapologetic and unleash the full force and magnificence of who they are. Because successful women rock. Now here's your host, Rhonda Y. Williams. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be back with another show. I want to welcome you to uh, Successful Women Rock, the podcast show. This is episode number six, so we are still babies on this journey, and um, we are getting better and better each day. Today's episode is on the Abundance Breakthrough, Confidence for Owning Your Gifts. My name is Rhonda Williams. I am the Dream Life Coach, and I'm your host for the show. And today's show is powered by the Society of Successful Women. We are an achievement-driven organization for women of influence where we have simply one goal, and that is to help you achieve yours. So if you believe you are ready to stop spinning, to reduce that feeling of overwhelm and being overworked, and you believe you're ready for your next level breakthrough, you can go on over and visit societyofsuccessfulwomen.com. Now, let me introduce um, our guest for today's show, Sue Dumay. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Sue Dumay is a global impact visionary leader answering the call to heal the world. She is a best-selling author, an intentional speaker, and a global voice of hope and inspiration for the Heart Guest Movement. Sue brings the gifts of insight, awareness, and self-empowerment to her global audience, creating a shift in consciousness from head to heart. Sue's new book, The Evolution of the Ego, A Journey to Unwind Your Ego, Embrace Your Humanness, and Embody Your Divinity was released on January 2019. Her, uh, her previous book, Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, a 30-day guide to navigate life when the shift hits the fan. That's shift, <laughs> not the other word, hits the fan. It's proving to be the right book at the right time during our shifting times. Through a divine blend of transformational guidance, unique perspectives, and a radical, honest approach, Sue fosters deep healing and a profound awakening. She guides others to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of their heart. Sue is passionate about illuminating the path for others as they discover, embrace, and embody their hearts. I'm so excited to have you join us. Welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. This is, um, this, this is one of my very, very favorite topics. And, and I feel like in this topic, in, in terms of um, our own personal awakening and our own personal awareness and really sort of tapping into our, our higher powers, um, I, I believe there's so much for us to just learn and uncover. So um, I'm interested in, in, in your words of wisdom for us today. So um, I would love for you to be able to start with us by telling us uh, a little bit about you and your journey and how you became uh, to be the person that you are today. Yeah, well, that it always feels like a loaded question. It's really <laughs> about like, where do you begin, right? And for me, it, it, it all began with me growing up not understanding my gift. And as an intuitive healer, it was very confusing. I felt a lot of people's emotional pain and physical pain in my body as if it was my own. 
So growing up, I thought I was cursed. I thought I was, I was being punished and it, it made no sense. And it was very, I kept it very hidden because I was ashamed of it and I was afraid of it. And I ran from it for a long, long time. When I finally realized it was a gift and I started to really own it and stand up inside myself and, and just declare like, this is who I am. This is part of who I am. And this is the expression in the way that I'm meant to be here in this world. And that happens to be intuitive healing and extending intuitive messages and, and healing energy to people. Everything shifted. Everything shifted. My whole life shifted around. It was like a light bulb went off and I just felt so on purpose. That, and I felt really unstoppable in a lot of ways. So for me, the work I'm doing now is really an accumulation of all the work I've done for myself and for all my clients. And it's the, the deepest calling in my heart right now is to empower others to really discover what is their heart calling them to and to say yes to that with everything they've got so that the universe can actually meet them and work with them and co-create with them to deliver the gift that they're meant to deliver in the world. So, so thank you for sharing that. It's really powerful and I connect with it on, on many ways, but um, just based on your experience and what you went through, you really understand what it's like to avoid or sort of disconnect and try to be something that you're not. And so um, for you, that was about your intuitive gifts. But as you were speaking, I was thinking about just everyone in the world, right? And, and all of the different um, challenges, the uniqueness and everything that we bring and how many people are, are walking through this life um, not really stepping into and owning who they truly are and who their heart is really calling them to be. Um, and I think that, that that's very powerful, right? Because you can, um, it sounds like you can relate very much to that and that must not be a very good place to be. Well, no, I think a lot of people are pretending, pretending because they don't really know who they are. They're so, we're so disconnected. We're, we're actually programmed to disconnect from our sense of self, to not trust our intuition, to not trust our heart, to think about things and, be, and worry about what other people are going to think. So there's this innate fear of judgment we're programmed with. And it, it deters us from actually really getting in touch with who we really are and then unapologetically being that best version of ourselves because we're, we're criticized or we're judged or we're afraid of that happening. So it, it really starts at the level of the programming that we received growing up, telling us that to, to be careful and to watch what we say and to change our behaviors and stop skipping or stop dancing around and stop fidgeting, all these things that we're just trying to find our way as we're growing up, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're being squashed. Right. And, and then we're so disconnected from who we are, we don't really know. So we just find a way and often most people are pretending to be and they just don't know what they just don't know they just don't know well one of the things that I find very interesting is um, I was having a conversation about this with another guest is 
everything, um, you know, one of the, one of the main um, client groups that I work with are women. And so in working with women, and I think back to all of the things we tell women um, from the time we are very, very young. So when you say programming, you know, for me automatically, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, our programming starts from the time that we can even understand a word, even before that, right? When we're still in our mother's wounds, our programming begins. And so all of that programming, do we, do we have to deconstruct that programming in order to move forward and start living our best lives? Some of it we do. Some of it we, some, sometimes if we have an awareness of something that we believe or that has been embedded in our minds and we have an awareness of it, we're like, I don't believe that. That's not my truth. That was embedded a long time ago, or programmed a long time ago. In an instant, we can shift it. Some of those beliefs shift just with awareness. And then other beliefs are so deeply ingrained that it takes a while to unwind from them. It takes a while for us to, to break the pattern because what's happened is it's just become such part of our programming and half the time we don't even know it's running in the background. Right. So some of it takes a little bit of time and then others it can change in an instant just with awareness. But we need to really be aware of our own thoughts and aware of our triggers. So if we're feeling resistance, if something happens and it kind of bumps up against something within us, we feel resistance or we feel something off or we get triggered by something someone does or says, those are signals for us to look inward. So instead of looking at that person and what they did and how it made you feel, Look at the feeling, feel the feeling. Where is that? Where are you holding that? Let yourself go inward and actually follow it down. And more often than not, we can follow it to something that's left over within us, whether it's a thought or belief or an emotion or a trauma. Mm -hmm. So I kind of take those, those resistance or take those triggers, those experiences in life and turn them back inward and, and encourage people to go in and see, okay, where is that left over for me? And what do I actually believe? Right. And so, so as you are doing this inner work and, and you're working with folks to really get in touch with what they believe, um, do you find that most of us don't even really think about our beliefs? They are just kind of there, but, but we don't really actively think about what we really believe. It's just a way of being for us. Well, it's interesting because recently I've been studying the ego for, for over a decade. And recently I had this trigger with, with unworthiness again. And I'm like, I've worked through unworthiness for so long. Like, what is this? And this is, it's related to the abundance that we're talking about, right? So I, I, it's, it was just like a small little niggling, right. but it was still there. And I'm like, how can it still be there with, after all the work I've done on unworthiness? So I stopped and I'm like, I'm going to define unworthiness. Like, what do I really believe about unworthiness? Because there's the dictionary understanding in the world of unworthiness. And I assume that that's what I thought unworthiness was. But when I started writing it down, I, I wrote down in my journal, unworthiness. I'm like, show me everything I believe about unworthiness. The first words that came in were humble, kind, helping others. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not right. So I, I scratched it out. I'm like, I'll start again. Um, this is unworthiness I'm defining here. What do I believe in the subconscious mind or somewhere in there about unworthiness? Same words, humble, kind, generous. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, who has that definition of unworthiness? It was totally backwards. And then I looked at worthiness 
And the words that came in were arrogant, selfish, cold, mean. And I'm like, that is messed up backwards definition. The ego have to had totally taken those two words and created its own definitions of them to keep me fighting worthiness and unworthiness. So everything I wanted was actually wrapped up in unworthiness and everything I didn't want to be was wrapped up in worthiness, totally backwards, wow. opposites playing against each other. So that kept me running in that loop, even though it was a small loop at this point, it still kept me running. So when I redefined it, I'm like, I want to redefine worthiness. So I asked more my heart, spirit, God, give me a new definition. Let me change that programming. Let me wipe out that virus in my mind. And I came up with a new definition. And in that was two weeks ago. And I feel to, completely different. Like that, I've just wired, I rewired it. I've totally erased it, quarantined. It's gone. That virus is gone. Awesome. But that's how messed up the ego creates in our mind. It creates these like weird, wacky definitions and things that we don't even think to do. Like you said, we, we don't even think to, to question it. I know what worthiness means. Right. Apparently I didn't believe that. I had a whole other set of beliefs around it. Wow. That, that's really powerful because when we're talking about um, abundance and sort of that whole energy flow. And, you know, the more I get into this, it, it really is so very powerful and illuminating and fascinating and all of these things that I feel um, every time I'm talking about this. But how do those very same beliefs, um, what do they have to do with sort of um, our ability to earn and to, you know, really create the life that we want to create for ourselves. Because I'm thinking, okay, yes, I've got this little belief over here, but I'm still working hard. I'm still doing these things. So shouldn't I still be getting the results? Well, not necessarily. If you have two conflicting opposing, so that that's where the ego plays opposites. It's playing both ends against the middle, right? So there is, if you actually have negative beliefs about abundance, and positive beliefs around poverty or lack and limitation, then those two things are going to conflict and you're going to, and they're going to fight, right? So a lot of times the definitions are actually backwards. So what you think you know about abundance is actually different than what you have programmed in the subconscious mind. So really what it is, is about kind of starting fresh and going, okay, what do I really believe about my worth? What do I really be? Because your self-worth actually determines your net worth. If you actually have low self-worth and you don't believe that you deserve abundance on some deeper level, I don't care if it's a small little niggling, it will impact your ability to, to allow abundance into your life. So it doesn't matter if you have a big belief that you're not worthy or a small niggling that you're not worthy. It still impacts the flow of energy, which is the flow of money. Mm -hmm. So you need to look at all of these pieces. And a lot of times what happens with abundance, the biggest, there's two blocks to abundance. Really, there's only two. There's only two? There's only two. <laughs> like there's like a hundred or something well, under one category there's millions but there's only two reasons two reasons why abundance is not present right now the one is that there's some kind of block 
some kind of hidden block or, or you may be aware of it and just not able to get underneath to the root of it. There's some kind of block you're not allowing, you're not open, you're not receptive, you don't feel worthy, whatever it is. Under that umbrella of a block, there's millions of possibilities. Got it. When the other reason is that it's not meant to be on your path at this time. Hmm. Or it's not meant to be on your path at the level that you want it to be. So there's the mind's wanting, which is a lot of times hijacked by the ego. And then there's the desire or the knowing in the heart. So the knowing in the heart is what we really want. What we truly desire is in the heart. What we think we want is in the head, which is often hijacked by the ego. So let's say for somebody, they're wanting to manifest $500,000 and they want to make $500,000 and they think in their head and they're, they're coming from this place of fear. They're coming from this place of wanting, but it's all like you know, tied up in ego. The, the universe can't meet that energy. And if it's not meant to be on your path right now, it won't come. So when you align with the knowing in your heart, there's a flow, there's an ease, there's a grace. The universe meets you. The, it almost conspires with you to, to support that path. That's really what we truly desire. And to, 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 I don't even want to use the word manifest because the manifest is a mental process, but to allow and align with the abundance that's meant to be on your path right now, maybe it's just 200,000, mm-hmm. but you're forcing it and you want it to be 500,000. The forcing is actually blocking it. Wow. Whereas if you aligned with what's in your heart, which is the knowing that it's 200,000, then you could easily allow it to come in. Are you tired of being held back by unrelenting judgment of others? Are you ready to build confidence and release the fear standing in the way of your purpose? At the Society of Successful Women, we have one goal, to help you achieve yours. Visit thesocietyofsuccessfulwomen.com to request your interview today. Now, back to the show. There's so much in that. And, and one of the things that I want you to tease out for us a little bit more is um, the concept that you just spoke about between wanting and desire, because most people view that as the same thing. Well, I said I wanted, so yes, I desire that, right? So, so can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, these are just words we can play with. So you can have wants and desires and needs. And if they're coming from the head, and, and they're hijacked by the ego, which is the teacher of fear, and kind of forcing, pushing, wanting to make things happen, what we think is possible for us. It's very limited in the, in, when, we're, when we're thinking about it, when we're in our head about things, it's very limited because it goes through all the filters of our subconscious mind, mm-hmm. which is all the beliefs that you don't know are there necessarily. Right. So when you bypass the mind and you get into the knowing in the heart, whether it's desire or want or need, whatever you want to call it, it's where is it coming from? Is it coming from the head or is it coming from the knowing in the heart? So the head is what you think and believe and the knowing is just a knowing that goes beyond logic and reason. It's a knowing that can bypass all of the thoughts and beliefs that are programmed in the mind that are not in alignment with what's meant to be on your, on your path right now. Wow. Does that help 
It does. It really does. So, so it's not the term uh, per se. It really is about where it's uh, generating come, right? Where its origin is. And, um, and so when we are sort of um, in that logical process or what we believe is the logical process is up in our head um, with where the ego plays, then that is really where, um, is that where the majority of resistance occurs or comes from? Yeah, resistance is actually the gap between what your mind thinks and what your heart knows. So when your mind and your thoughts and beliefs are in alignment with the knowing in the heart, there's no resistance. Hmm. When your thought or belief in the head is away from or not the same as the knowing in the heart, then there's resistance. The bigger the gap, the bigger the resistance. So the further away you are from believing or thinking, what the knowing or line alignment with the knowing, the bigger the gap and the bigger resistance it is. So wow. that, that's, that's a perfect recipe for self-sabotage right there. Well, and, and that's, that's so important because I think for us to really create um, the alignment that we're um, seeking, the alignment that's going to allow us to um, be able to first manifest and then allow um, what we want into our lives, we've got to really begin to understand right? These concepts and what's happening with us and what the head is doing and how it's working either in concert with or against um, what the heart is truly wanting. You made a statement earlier too that I want you to just sort of touch on a little bit. You said um, you can really create a, a conflict if you have um, positive thoughts about poverty. And so the first thing that popped into my mind when you said that was where um, I talk to people all the time who say, well, you know, money isn't everything and you really don't need a lot of money. And, and they start going down this list of reasons why they feel it's okay to not want money. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, how can you get money if you don't really think it's important or you don't value it or you haven't changed that hierarchical structure in your mind? So can you talk about that a little bit, sort of that difference in, you know, when you have these contrasts and thoughts and you may not even know you have them? Yeah, well, there's there's a couple different things here I can kind of unravel a little bit. Is there's there's prosperity consciousness and poverty consciousness, and if you were raised with poverty consciousness, then that's going to feel more familiar. It's going to feel more natural for you to be in poverty consciousness, mm -hmm. and and it's in a, a lot of ways too. I was raised by my mom was a single mom raising three kids. She always had two or three jobs. She worked really hard. She was always exhausted, and the message I got is that you um, there's never enough. You can always do more. So, and I always ended up working like really hard working, but keeping myself living paycheck to paycheck. Because that's what, I, that's what my mom did and that's what I learned. So that was my poverty consciousness and that was my upbringing. And, and so it took me a while to kind of shift out of that. And I had to actually find different examples of people in my life that were living prosperity consciousness in order to shift my programming. So, for example, my grandmother would always have these $50 bills, like fresh $50 bills in her wallet, like yeah. three, four, five, ten, 10 sometimes. And I was like, it just felt so big, you know? <laughs> and um, so, like a $50 bill on its own was, was big, but for her to have five or whatever, it was crazy for me. So I started to really align with that excitement and that, that energy of like how fun it was to see those big bills and, and that allowed me to kind of shift some of my energy and some of the density around the heaviness. 
acuteness of poverty consciousness and a familiarity of it. So it's almost like we plug in to poverty consciousness and, and then we, we, we don't even look at prosperity consciousness. The reason we plug into pro- poverty a lot of times is out of loyalty. It's how we were raised. It's the generations before us were that. It's just, you know, maybe we're loyal to one person who's in living. And it's not even poverty in the way of like can't afford food on the table. It's not that level of poverty. It can just be living paycheck to paycheck or living small or not not being open to receive like you were talking about more more abundance, that kind of dialogue that we have going on. So... I, I often talk to people, I'm like, just imagine you could unplug from poverty consciousness and plug into prosperity consciousness. In order to do that, though, we need an example. We need a role model. We need someone that we can look at going, okay, who in the world, whether it's in my life or in the world, do I know that's living more authentic prosperity, right? authentic abundance? So people that come into my mind, the first person that always comes into my mind is Sir Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. So, and he's unapologetically wealthy. Right. He's like he's generous and he's loving and he's giving back all the time, but he's got this like adventure and like, you know, he's like building a rocket and he just doesn't care, you know, like he just has this really neat relationship with abundance. And so when I think of unplugging from poverty consciousness and plugging into prosperity consciousness, those, that's the type of person I would think of. So it's, again, it's about reprogramming, but also looking at how are we being loyal to poverty consciousness? How are we being loyal to living paycheck to paycheck? A lot of times people don't want to leave others behind. They don't want to make, they don't want to make more than their parents because they don't want them to feel bad. There's, there's so many reasons that we can stay plugged in over here. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's really about kind of looking at your relationship to money and, and what it is and then what you want it to be, what you would like it to be. Well, that, that is such a wonderful conversation because when most folks think about poverty um, consciousness, I bet they never really think about loyalty, mm-hmm. right? And the role that that plays and, and, you know, we can discount it, but it's a strong Um, sort of a rooted thing in us, right? If everyone around us has been raised in a certain way and then we don't want to feel better than anyone and we don't want to, and it may not be conscious. You might be saying to yourself, oh yeah, I'm going to do well, but your actions and your behaviors and your, you know, your subconscious thinking is probably not really cooperating with you. Yeah. Everything that, that we want on one level is filtered through the subconscious mind. So it's filtered through that programming. And then the action comes from there. It's not like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then you do it. It's like, I'm going to, I want to do this. And then it goes through the filters and then it comes action. So that's where we end up with self-sabotage or repeating patterns, cycles that we can't break. And when it comes to loyalty, I've in one stand up, stand out, stand strong. I, I have a whole day and chapter on stop being loyal. I'm like, stop being loyal. We're taught that loyalty is good. We're taught that loyalty is, is something we should all strive for. But loyalty actually comes from guilt, fear, and obligation. And so I shift people out of loyalty and move them into honoring. Hmm. When we're honoring, 
we can honor that individual, we can honor our family, we can honor our experiences, we can honor our history, our past, and we can honor ourselves and the desires we have to make our life different. And, and we can honor if they want to stay in poverty consciousness, totally okay. They're, they're welcome to stay there, but you don't need to stay there with them. Mm-hmm. When you're honoring them and honoring you, you can get out of the loyalty piece. Wow, that's, that is um, pretty incredible. I want you to say, uh, repeat again, you said something really powerful. You said everything that we want gets filtered through that, subcon- uh, through that subconscious and then it goes into action. Sort of say that again, because first of all, it was beautiful. And second of all, it is pretty profound because I think most of us think the opposite, right? We think, well, well I think it in my head and then I do it without really um, acknowledging the role that the subconscious mind and therefore the beliefs and all of those things, that's where they come into play. Yeah. So let me, I'll give you a bit more of a map. So you have a thought in your mind that you want something. Then you have a belief in the subconscious mind that you don't deserve it. So you have a thought that you want something, a belief that you don't deserve it, it's going to filter through that and, and translate into, I don't deserve this. Even though I want it, I don't deserve it. Then it shifts into the feeling, and then the energy is out into the universe. And wow. that's, what we're, that's the action. That's the, that's the message to the universe going, I want this, but I don't deserve it. Hmm. We don't even realize that it gets translated at that level because that's just automatic because it's in the subconscious mind. You don't realize it's there. So... You have the, the belief that interferes with your thought or your desire, and then you put that out into the universe and say, okay, I want this, but I don't deserve it. And then the universe meets you with, okay, you don't deserve it. If that's what you're telling me, then that's the experience you're going to have. Right, right. And that's it. So it's that energy that's really connecting. Um, so, um, so are the emotion and the feeling that's generated um, from the belief, not from your thinking, uh, after it's processed through your subconscious, that is what the universe is taking. It's not taking your, your emotion. Because I can think it and feel good for a second, but... It's not sustainable, right? right? I can feel good for a second. And then I'm like, and then you go back to these default setting. You go back to the default setting because that's what the programming is. Mm-hmm. So what happens is... is what goes out to the universe. It, and sometimes people can kind of sustain that, that, that happiness vibe or that good vibe or alignment with the, with the thought, you know, and this is where the law of attraction really falls short and people get all caught up in their head and thinking I'm, I'm failed. I can't do it. I'm not good. Like I can't even figure this out. I can't even do the law of attraction. Right. Mm-hmm. It's because you're saying what you want and you're trying to feel it but it's being filtered through that subconscious programming. Mm. And then the feeling is not sustainable. It's not authentic. It's like the universe kind of knows that, that you're faking it or that you're lying in some ways. So it, it feels, it, it responds to the energy and the emotion. And if you're not really fully in alignment with it, it's, it's not going to happen. Or if it happens, I've, I've had this before too. People have manifested something. Let's say they won the lottery. They, mm-hmm. they, or they come into a bunch of money. And what happens a month or a year later? They they're broke or they're broker yep. than they were before. Why? Because their subconscious programming was not, is not going to allow them to hold on to it because they don't feel like they deserve it. 
So, you know, a, a key takeaway that I'm um, taking from this conversation is the importance of really um, doing the internal work, right? Doing that internal work to um, understand what your beliefs and your values are and what you're really holding there. Um, and then to really um, begin to step into who you are authentically. Um, and, and that requires no loyalty, right? Because you can honor folks um, without, you know, giving away sort of your power um, in terms of just, you know, um, being obligated to them or, you know, that sort of thing. Is that, does that sound? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Well, one of the things that, um, you know, I read um, about as sort of as I was preparing for our conversation today, um, as you talked about that self-sabotage virus. So, you know, if you can just give us a little teaser, a little taste of, you know, what you mean by that. Yeah. So basically, if you imagine your mind is like a computer mm -hmm. and the ego is like the most clever, powerful hacker in the whole universe. Okay. And it basically hacks, hacks into the computer in your mind and in the subconscious mind, it places a dictionary of terms that are totally backwards, upside down and play opposites against each other. So like even, even the, the idea of abundance and poverty right. or the idea of, um, time and no time or showing up on time, like anything, you can take anything. And what will happen is the ego will create these crazy definitions that make no sense, but are programmed in the mind. And that's where we're operating from. So it's like, I've just discovered this, this was two weeks ago. And so this is fresh and new for me. And I'm working with a lot of clients and, and helping them shift it right now. And it's like the most clever mind hack, the most clever ego agenda and game I've seen like in my whole, in my whole career. <laughs> I'm like, I'm boggled by it. It just, it blew my mind. And it's, it's so clever that you don't even think to look. It's like having a virus running on your computer and your virus scan isn't picking it up because it's a brand new virus and you have no idea it's running in the background. Mm. That's what it is. But it's sabotaging all of our desires, all of our, our wants and our, our desires. Have a question or comment for Rhonda? She'd love to hear from you. You can text Rhonda personally at 469-304-9970. And now back to our show. Well, that is, um, it's so interesting because over the weekend I had a conversation with someone and um, we were talking about you know, when I speak to this person, I hear these wonderful things that they want. They've got these big, bold dreams and goals and, you know, it sounds wonderful and they're excited. And then I go and I look for the, um, for the evidence of that, right? And I don't see evidence. I see the opposite in terms of their action and their behavior. And we were just having this conversation about self-sabotage, you know, and there's obviously, I feel something running in the background there, right? There's something back there. And, you know, you say, well, do you value yourself? Tell me your beliefs. And many people have a hard time with that. We've got to do a little work to get that out. Um, but that, that's what I was thinking of when I heard about that self-sabotage. So I was thinking, okay, if that's like the most amazing hacker in the world for our mind, our brain computers, then so I guess we have to become like super hackers or mega hackers or something. <laughs> Well, we just need to, to be able to run the program to quarantine, to bring awareness 
and okay. then quarantine that programming and then reprogram create you need to replace it with a new program mm -hmm. and then you delete that old programming okay so that makes sense to me yeah. you mentioned it earlier you you said um, that one of the things that we have to do is to rewire right which in, is in effect what we're doing right we're running that new program we're rewiring our brain which is literally when we learn new things we literally create new neuron neuron pathways and we rewire our brain so that's the way i guess around it yeah exactly so you have like all the subconscious beliefs you have these neural pathways that are already kind of like running really effectively and and really like fired on right you know because they're right. doing well because you've been working at them for a long time and then when you create a new one it takes a little while to to fire it up and to really give it give it a lot of life right mm -hmm. and then slowly that other one you could either clear it instantly sometimes with some of those thoughts if you actually clear them right away and some of them it takes a little while to to stop that that old pathway and strengthen the new pathway yeah that's it's really great one of the examples that i sometimes use for this is let's say uh, you're, you're you visit your mom frequently and your mom lives south of you so you know you leave out of your neighborhood and you make a left turn every time for like 15 years you've been doing this so you're used to it you really don't even have to think about it before you know it you've made the left turn and you're on the street and then all of a sudden your mom moves north and so now you've got to go out and take a right how many times do you go out and turn left before you go, oh darn, that's right. You know, I've got to go right while your brain is working through making that change, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's a, um, such an important part of who we are and determining and getting to our success. So earlier, you know, you talked about sort of um, the abundance and blocking that. And I guess as I have conversations with clients, um, you know, one of the one of the um, opportunities is to help them see if that blockage, if your abundance is not flowing to you, is it a block, right? Is there something there, resistance in the way, or is it not flowing um, because now it's just not the right time, you know? And and trusting, if you trust the universe that it's always looking out for you and has your best interest at heart, um, then you'll be okay with knowing that it's still coming. And, it, and, and I, guess, I guess that's the hard work for, for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and I think the biggest thing is the trust, right? It's like we're, we're really operating from more of a place of deep trust and blind faith mm -hmm. when it comes to that. And, it, and it's a bit, and it feels a bit like a surrender over your plan in a way. So that's what I talk about life by divine. It's like I want the divine to work through me as me for me and for everyone right so it's i kind of have to give up my plan i have to give up my human limited thinking mind plan to allow the divine plan to come through through my heart and through my life so there's a real surrender that happens mm -hmm. and kind of a letting go and then deep trust blind faith for sure Okay, so Sue, I'm like totally scared now because for my entire life, everyone has been telling me to work on this plan, right? Listen, get this plan, write it all down, stick to it, paste it on the refrigerator, put it on your mirror. They've been telling me all of these things that I need to do with my plan and that's the only way to make my dreams come true. And you just said, I've got to surrender and allow my heart. Like, what? <laughs> well, where did the plan come from? 
Um, oh, well, good question, right? I don't know. Did it come did from the plan come from the head or did right. it come from the heart? And is the head in alignment with the heart? That's the question. So it's not that I, I personally, I've, I've kind of let go of everything. I'm like, I, I, here's my, here's my plan. I want God's plan. I want your plan. Show me the way. That's how, that's how I live now. I never used to, I used to have my whole year planned out. Right. I had like workshops. I knew exactly what I was doing a year from now on every weekend and every day. It was crazy. So to go from that to this, to like, I don't know, you'd show me the way there. It, it's a big stretch for a lot of people. But the question is, where did the plan come from? So I often talk about two teachers. The ego is the teacher of fear, master disguise, clever shapeshifter, will will adapt and morph and be whatever you want it to be. It'll be your biggest cheerleader. It'll be your biggest, you know, meanie bully. And it'll do whatever it has to do to, to survive. Right. And when you have a plan, it loves that because it jumps right in. It makes it, it, it wastes a lot of time and energy. You spend a little extra money and you take a lot of detours. You eventually get there, but or you don't. And it's, it's a lot of work. Whereas when the, if you actually use your second teacher, which is the teacher of love, and I call it spirit, you can call it God or the universe or source, whatever resonates with you, your heart. When we actually let that teacher guide us, and because really what we want is, is the grand plan for our life, right. not our human perspective plan, the divine plan for our life. When we allow that to come through our heart, there, is, there can be some planning for some people, the appearance of planning. But really, it's like, who's, who am I sitting down beside to do this plan right now? Is this ego and me having a conversation or is this my spirit and me? planning this and, and working through this, these steps. So it's, it's a matter of who are you in partnership right now? Who are you, who are you creating with? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So there's a couple of people on Facebook. Um, Andrea was uh, with us earlier. She said, hello. I'm not sure if she's still with us. Uh, Deborah says um, that's what she did to uh, start on her correct way. Um, and so this is definitely resonating with folks. And, and I think it's just something um, that everyone, you know, needs to take the time to just sit and really figure out what does that mean to operate, um, to go from where you said you were sort of super organized and very detailed and planning out your entire life to this, um, what you call deep trust and blind faith, right? And to know that it's all going to work out um, it's, it's just, it's almost hard to conceptualize. It's, it's almost hard to go, wow, can I, could I do that? Because I'm one of these people that I plan out a lot. It's interesting, as I've gotten more into sort of um, going a little bit deeper in terms of understanding myself and connecting with source, um, I've gotten a little bit better at it, actually, which is even that's a little scary to me. I'm like, okay, you feel like you should, I feel like I should be doing something I'm not doing, but I will just shut everything down now and just sit and relax and listen and feel and say, okay. And then, and the answer seems to come, you know, it will guide you. So I want to touch on that really quickly and then we'll move to wrap up. So um, many people don't know um, that our emotions is actually sort of your internal guidance system, right? The universe can't necessarily speak to you in words, um, and, but it can help you through vibration and emotion and that sort of thing. Um, does that sound accurate or how would you state that? Yeah, often, I often say 
you're kind of following your intuition, right? So your internal GPS is your intuition and your intuition speaks to you in different ways. Some people actually hear, some people actually see or get images. Some people get more of a feeling or like they're more clairsentient. So they get that tangible kind of feeling or sense or knowing. So it comes in for different people in different ways. And, but really what it is, is just following that internal GPS, which you're, which you're kind of talking about. And usually when we're in alignment, there's a feeling of yes, there's a feeling of rightness to it. And that's that feeling or expansion, that feeling that it feels light. It feels like you're lifted up or you're, you're moving towards something. You feel drawn toward it. That's that heart. Yes. So that's the feeling of um, like turn right, turn left. Those are the directions. Sometimes they're actually really clear directions. Right. Like sometimes I get you, you, you were saying you get kind of clear words or clear directions. Mm-hmm. And then the feeling of no is usually a constriction or tightness or heaviness or a density, or you kind of move back sometimes in the body. And, and that's an indication of like moving away from something or saying no to something. Wow. And that, that is very, very powerful. And, and something that, um, gosh, could be a life changer, a game changer for folks. If we really um, connect with that part of us, but for so long, we've been taught to rely on our senses and just what we see or just what we've heard or just what we've learned. Um, it's, it's difficult sometimes to make that transition. So um, this has been a fantastic and amazing conversation. And I just want to ask you if you would share um, before we move to wrap up your three takeaways, what would you like people to take away from this conversation? Just a, an understanding that abundance is a, a state of being. It's a way of being in life. It's a feeling as opposed to evidence in the world. And if you can connect to that feeling, you'll align with it. Abundance is your birthright. And the more you do the work, the more you clear the path, the more it'll actually reveal itself in, in magnificent ways, miraculous ways. The mind, the, the idea of the life that you have up here is so limited compared to the life that is wanting to come through your heart. So to be able to come from the heart place and remember that your true nature is actually an intuitive being, then the miracles that you'll, you'll create in your life are, are immeasurable and priceless compared to what the mind can comprehend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, abundance is your birthright. That is a a great place for us to end. So before we end, um, would you share how people can learn more about what you do and connect with you? Yeah, if they go to my website, everything's there and all my social media links are there too. It's heartledliving.com, heartledliving.com. And I'd love love to see them over there and connect with me. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sue. This has been really powerful. Um, And there is uh, something in this conversation that everyone can take something away from, which is one of the things that I love. Um, I want to thank you for just being here and leading us through this conversation and sharing some of your wisdom, um, your experiences, and your learnings with us. Um, And um, for everyone else out there, um, I hope you got something valuable out of our conversation today. Um, I want you to know that it's really not about the information. That's not it. What matters is what you do with the information. 
how you apply it to your life, how you begin to internalize it and use it to create the amazing, wonderful life that you want and deserve. So until next time, I want to thank you for tuning in and I want to invite you to stay tuned for information on our next coming show. So until then, continue doing all that you can do to live your most amazing life. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Successful Women Rock to check out past shows and share show ideas. And remember to join our Successful Women Rock Facebook group. Until next time, continue all that you do to rock your life. See you on the next show.